0: this is all right all right ladies and gentlemen boys and girls i'm not even gonna say the rest of it because you already know now today i'm just delighted to talk with my friend my brother we have known each other since pretty much grade school might as well say uh, or middle school and we have now elevated and matriculated through the areas of mass communications and before we get started let my i'm gonna let my special guest pretty much let you all know that he is in the building and what we're gonna be talking about when it comes to him his great works and we're gonna talk about the journey so I'm going to pretty much say, ladies and gentlemen, I am glad to have my brother, Jarrell Mason, on today's episode. So, Jay, mace talk to us, man. What's going on with you?
1: Man, not much, uh, twin. I appreciate you taking the time. And it's just a little bit after uh, quarter to six New Mexico time. I appreciate chopping it up with you, especially given, you know, with our class, we've been losing a lot of our classmates. So it's definitely a good time. To link up, bro.
0: I'm glad that you said that. Um, and before we ever actually dive directly into it, just let our listening audience know about the great work that you have going on with your podcast, just a little bit, because we're gonna touch bases a little bit more on it in this episode.
1: Oh, for sure. Um I have a podcast called Beyond the Album Cover. It's available on all streaming platforms on and on YouTube. It's been going on for about three years at 200 episodes, and it's just something that I love doing, express my love of music, radio, and giving flowers to those who need to have their flowers given while they're here. I And I
0: love what you're doing with your podcast. Um, honestly, by being able to have conversations with you, you motivated me to pretty much do what i do with the twin radio which is my podcast and being able to pretty much just have the the, the energy and and the the drive to continue to produce good content and i just got to give um, our listening audience a little history about um me and Jerrell, or should i say jay mace because that's what i call you you know And um, me and um, Jay Mace uh, actually met each other in middle school. Uh, We actually played sports together. And in the time of being in middle school, we learned and grew as teenagers. But one thing that I truly am blessed to have this conversation with you about is our love for the music and our love for radio and what has um, catapulted us to be the great content creators that we are now. And um, I sit back and think about how much we have grown because um, in previous conversations, uh, Jay Mace, we were talking about after you uh, finished at Northampton County High School, class of 2004, I did not graduate with you all in uh the class of 2004 at Northampton County West. Now, I did graduate class of 2004, but I transferred to Weldon High School and became a Charger. But I'm glad that in that time that we were not in each other's presence or in each other's company, um, that God kind of guided us in the same direction, but from two different places. And after you finished at um, Northampton County High School, Wish, um, you went off to UNCG. Am I correct? You are correct. Yes. And at UNCG, you found yourself pursuing mass communications. And honestly, just give me an idea of what really, or give our listening audience the back end story of what really encouraged you to really just follow through with. Um, pursuing mass comedy, and um, getting into radio. Uh,
1: it was pretty easy. I had a love of radio, of TV. Grew up watching video soul with Donnie Simpson and Soul Train, Don Cornelius, listening to Casey Kasem, American Top Forty watching Dick Clark and listening to various radio personalities and saying, man, that's something that I would love to do one day and then reading Jet Magazine, studying the charts and things of that nature. And by the time I entered college at UNCG in 2004, I made it my mission to find where the campus radio station was and see how I could get on as a DJ on the campus station. So they had an informational booth. I signed up. Ended up getting the show that fall and had it for five years running. And a good friend of mine, Chris Lee, who is now the lead sports anchor at WREL TV Five, uh, he came aboard and we both started our journey together at the same time. But it was really just my love of just music and just wanting to share that with the people that got me inspired, inspired and bit uh, the bug,
0: so to speak. That's good, man. Um. The person who played a monumental role in guiding me to pursue this uh, career journey was Ludacris. Um, I was a big fan of Ludacris as he was pretty much thriving in the hip-hop arena um, during our time of pretty much getting through high school and and transitioning to college. But um, I had found out before he was Ludacris, he was Chris Lover Lover, a radio DJ slash personality um, with an Atlanta radio station. And after sitting back, reading his story and understanding what kind of was the building blocks of what catapulted him to be the phenomenal uh, artist and actor as Lucas at this current time, it inspired and pretty much turned the light bulb on in my head and said, hey, you know, this man was able to make a very successful career from starting out being a radio job to now being the big idol that he is now. Hey, let me give it a try. See how things work out. Um, in my favor. And, you know, I'm just blessed where now when I sit back and think about, um, the journey that you and I have had in this, uh, feel, you know, when you think about it, man, um, I can say overall is about probably about 12, 13 years, um, probably about the same time for you, about 14 years.
1: Yeah, right around 14, uh, 2004 I started, so been in broadcasting off and on for uh, 17 years.
0: 17 years, see that's dope, super dope, and when you first started our conversation for this episode, you know, we were talking about our classmates, and that's why I wanted to start out the journey, ladies and gentlemen, about where we were, and as we matriculated through high school. Because I spent the first two years of uh, my high school journey with uh, Jay Mason and all of our high school buddies, but um, it was um, it was hard to leave when I did leave. But it was I ain't gonna lie, I was getting tied up in some trouble, and I had to make the best decision in order to secure my chances of being able to graduate from high school on time, but I say that to say this, at this current time, um, we both have pretty much been out of school, high school-wise, beyond 15 years, and we are now noticing that we have had, if I'm not mistaken, four classmates pass in the last, let's say, four to five months,
1: yeah, man, it's, cr- it's crazy how many of our classmates have been uh, passing away. And I want to send a big shout out to Grady for throwing a little kickback. Uh, I believe it was last week, and some of our classmates showed up and they were just able to kick back and reminisce about our high school years. And, you know, you should be applauded, Grady, for doing that. So big up to you, man. Right. Big shout out to you,
0: Grady. It was on October 2nd um, that we all came together. Here in the Roanoke Valley. To just have a good time. And celebrate life. Um, Because uh, just to kind of share. We had one of our. uh, Classmates. Lindia Dinkins. She was one of the first individuals. That passed throughout this year. That I can recall. Um, She passed over in March. Um, Then. um, If I'm not mistaken. Right after that. I believe we had. Bubba.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah um, which bubble.
0: is Dexter Robinson, and in the same time or somewhere closely related around the time, and if I'm not mistaken, actually I think that Brandon Clayton passed before Bubble.
1: Yeah. I know it's kind of like close, right around the same time
0: that yeah. they both came. Yep. So we had the loss of Brandon Clayton as well, and um, we recently, recently, Jesus, pretty much. What was it? Uh, October third, if I'm not mistaken, October second or October actually October third, um, was, and I would say fully October fourth, fully fully October fourth was when I was made aware that, um, Shanique Squire had passed over, and. Even now as I sit back and I say that, it's still just it is, it's overwhelming to me that we are sitting back and we are really just noticing our classmates leave this earth before they were even fortunate enough to reach the age of 40. Um, most of them who've passed pretty much between the ages of 35 to 37 and each and every one of them if I'm not mistaken has left children here that family members are going to have to come together and friends and pulling together in order to make sure that those young individuals have moral support and um and, and and being able to be aware of individuals that are in their corner or being able to be of assistance during their time where they mourn the loss of their loved one. And you know, Jay Mace, it just is it's, you know, it, it is good that we did come together and have a good time. I was just kind of moved because I didn't get a chance to see Shawnique um, you know honestly and the thing is I meet with me still being in the Roanoke Valley it really hits me uh, hard knowing that these people were here and I wasn't fortunate enough to see them to tell them that I love them and I'm glad that they were a part of my life before they were able to transition over and I know with you being shoot where you are, it is you know it 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 touches your heart, but it's harder, even more harder for you to be able to even be present for the wakes or the viewing of the bodies and, and the actual homecoming ceremonies, because you know, like I said, our classmates are kind of leaving left or right.
1: Yeah, man, like you said, it hits me extra hard with me being in New Mexico and can't really come home as often uh, about every two years back to North Carolina. And Shanique's stuff really hits me hard because that's literally, you know, family. To me, my cousins, you know, are related to her through through their dad. So, you know, checking in on my cousins and everything. But, yeah, it's just hard whenever you lose someone. But knowing that you are not close by to be able to lend a helping hand, a hug, or do something to help the family, you
0: know? Right. Now we are blessed that we are part of a group chat with our classmates and kind of figuring out what we can do to pay our last condolences and, 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 and making sure that we are able to uh, provide any help or resources to the family um, while they are going through this troubled time. Um, and, You know, and I say that even for each and every one of our classmates, we've tried each and every one of us tried to have some type of representation, be present. So that way the family knows that we have not forgot about them. They've always been in our heart as well as their spirit. Know that as they transition, that we might not could have been with you daily. Even though you may not have seen us monthly or yearly, but you have crossed our mind and knowing that you are no longer here, it touches our hearts, you know, that we won't have the opportunity to stop and say, hey, how's life treating you? Or, you know, how things are at this stage of life, being an adult and having the responsibilities of being an adult and having children and things of that nature, which At this age, we hope to be able to sit back and fellowship and have these type of conversations as we um, take this journey called life. And, um, you know, when I think about it, what we're dealing with right now, I thought about in my head just a little um, subtitle, it'll be Death by the Dozens because really right now dealing with this COVID-19 pandemic, it's a lot of people leaving this earth and then without being able to have... The ability to have funeral and homegoing services to the capacity that it used to be is very limited on how many people can actually attend a funeral at this time. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, it is, and it's it's like you know how the church folks say, even though I'm not there with you physically, I'll be there with you in spirit. You know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of our classmates that may not be able to be here at this time are with us in spirit, because like I said, we see the comments in the chat. We see how we all are trying to figure out what can we do in order to ensure the family that we are thinking about each and every one of our classmates that we have lost during these times to let them know that, Hey, I mean, we can never ever, ever imagine uh, what they are feeling At this particular time. With them being immediate family members. But we know it is hurtful. To lose any family member. You know. And. um, I'm just praying that God. Just kind of keeps us. And I hope that you know. We won't have to. Mourn anyone. Before 2021. Goes out. Hopefully we'll be able to transition in 2022. Before any of our. Other classmates you know what I mean? Or any of their family members are call home, you know? So that's, that's, that's one of the, the areas that I, I wanted to really touch, uh, basis with, um, you know, and is it a big, when you really got situated and moved to new Mexico, was it a big transition compared to the experiences and the things that you are used to here in the rolling Valley as compared to where things are there in New Mexico?
1: Uh, It was a big transition, culture shock for sure. African-American population is very low across the state. So living in Albuquerque where I first settled in, it was a breath of fresh air, but at the same time, you're not used to being the only one in the room or a few sprinkles in the mix when you're used to being around everybody black all of your life. So it was definitely... Brand new, and my wife, who was born in Texas but raised in New Mexico, had a different experience of growing up black than I did. You know, growing up in rural northeastern North Carolina. Uh, so it was interesting to get those two perspectives and just learning different cultures and understanding different people's viewpoint and realizing that you know you're going to be the only one, and you got to learn how to be able to walk that fine line because for some people this may be their first view of someone black other than what they see on uh, TV, you know? Right. So,
0: and, and if you don't mind, like kind of that, just tell us a little bit about how the culture, cultural difference of being a black person in New Mexico and the experiences on the communication that you had with your wife and, and your interactions of being there at this time in comparison of, you know, when you first relocated?
1: Um, Well, upon moving to New Mexico, I found a black church to join. And there were a lot of people at that church who were Southern transplants, quite a few from North Carolina, which I found surprising. So I found comfort in that sector. But then once I ended up moving to Farmington, New Mexico, which is three hours north, of Albuquerque where my wife is, the culture is totally different up there where it's predominantly you know, white, then you have Hispanic and Native American out that way because we're near the Navajo Nation reservation which covers New Mexico, Arizona, parts of Colorado, and Utah. And it's just been great to get different viewpoints and be exposed to something different then the conversations my wife and I always have about growing up black is that, you know, you're, you can't be black, but have two separate experiences growing up where, you know, they went out their way to do black history month to have a program to make a few black students at the school feel important and say, Hey, we see you. We acknowledge you. Whereas down where we're from, that's, that's just
0: everyday way of life. Right. Right. Okay. Um so let me also ask you a um one more question. So when cuz like you said from being here in the Roanoke Valley, we're Southerners and we still are pretty much somewhat in most churches in the old Southern aspect of how they have church. Now um is is it still a whole lot of praise and worship, little testimonials and things like it is how it was here when you went to church, or it's totally different?
1: Uh, at the church that I currently attend, Ido Baptist Church, uh, we pretty much have that Southern Baptist tradition because a lot of people, the black folks primarily, and farmerson grew up here, and their parents relocated from like Texas. Oklahoma took that transition with them over here and it's the only black church in town and the only thing really that black folks in the town have to call their own is my wife's home church she's been in that church since she was a baby and it was her late mother's home church and very small just reminds you of you know churches back home where you don't have a lot of bodies but all you need are two and three to be gathered, and he'll be in the midst.
0: Yep. You're absolutely right. You are absolutely right. So there is a much bigger church?
1: Mm, most of the bigger churches are more on the, think of like Joe Osteen's church or Hillsong, that kind of stuff where it's more praise and worship, CCM, and you know, you may have some black folks that go to their church, but primarily not as many. Okay, okay, good stuff. Or
0: I, I appreciate you giving us the insight. And my my plan is, hopefully sooner than later, I will be trying to make a trip out there. Now, does it get really does does it get cold like it does here on the East Coast?
1: Um, no, it actually doesn't get too cold. We are we actually had a dry winter up in Farmington for the past couple of years, because where we're at, we're about 45, 50 minutes from Colorado. We're about eight hours from Salt Lake City, Utah, seven hours from Phoenix, Arizona, and about eight hours from Las Vegas. So you're within good driving distance to any of the major hubs. But um Albuquerque is a real slept on city if you really love outdoors, nature, like the four wheels, like the hike, off road. And right now, is the uh, annual Hot Air Balloon Fiesta. Uh, this is the first one in two years because of the pandemic. But it's pretty much a big deal here where people from all over the world come and see hot air balloons. They launch them in the sky. You watch them in the morning, take off. And even the local news channels, they do their local morning news coverage from the balloon fiesta so that folks who are unable to uh, attend can still be able to see. Now it's good. First time out, if that's your thing, I went like maybe the first year when I moved here, I was like, it's okay. It ain't my thing, but if that's you, that's you. But as you know, when you have big events come to town, the quote "That Joe, today's price, is in yesterday's price, right. meaning hotels and everything go all the way up. All the way up. <laughs> well, Yeah, but speaking of which, I want to sidebar real quick about that versus battle. Nobody has had a narrative turn around so quickly than Ja Rule. I was like, Ja Rule was fouled in the worst He now fouled before that versus. But once that versus hit, I was like, clean. I underestimated Ja Rule. Hey, I'm gonna be honest
0: with you, and I I I mean, I think I think I knew Ja Rule was gonna do well, but I think some people underestimated uh fat Joe too.
1: Yeah, Joe Joe came to play, but you know, Ja Rule had, had his Because you think when we were in high school, Murder Inc. was being bumped heavy, Ashanti was being bumped heavy. I mean, Murder Inc run it's definitely a run in music that I think should get more recognition.
0: Right. Right. And, and, but it, it, you know, one thing about it is hopefully it does motivate or inspire Ja Rule to bring out some new music because we all are looking forward to the same classic vibe from him, but with some more up to date music and the reason I said it because mm-hmm. Fat Joe, Fat Joe was, was kind of sunning and frying him out there on the stage talking about, you know, he says, we talking about playing today's hits, not yesterday's hits.
1: Yeah, but who really got fried, though, was another version battle. Dipset got
0: fried oh, by the man. locks. look, we ain't even going to talk about Dipset versus the locks. The locks.
1: Hold on, Ted. Hold on, Ted.
0: Yes, I'm telling you, bro, like the locks are true thoroughbred entertainers, like hands down. And they have stood the test of time and then some. And actually, all that Versus Battle did was increase it. It, it truly increased Jada Kiss's value to the hip hop industry because I think his music went up, his streams went up.
1: Yeah, the young all minds the young
0: minds went they they went to research on uh Jadakiss and start listening to his music all over.
1: Yeah, but it's crazy, you know, with our era of music, nineties, early two thousands, it's pretty much being revisited now when you look at these versus battles and then you look at Wu-Tang series on Hulu. I mean, who would have thought champion, the sport line that was bootlegging cheap when we were kids? Is not
0: considered high fashion. Right. You're absolutely right. You know, and that's one thing about it. And I, I do not own any champion outside of sleepwear. Um, and that's just me. I just, I wasn't a big person on it, but like you said, it is now being more, uh, publicized and, and put out there more than it was back when we grew up on it. It was a good, solid brand then, And it still is a good, solid brand. Um, but I think, like you said, right now they have cultivated because I've saw a partnership that champion had with coach and they had uh, a coach uh, line that was merging with champion. And it was nice. There's some neat gear, but it's I would have never imagined champion to elevate to be considered, you know, a top tier brand or elevate to the status of cooperating or partnering with designer labels in order to keep the brand uh uh at high value.
1: Mm, no, because back in that day you would get ragged on for, for wearing champion and um there's this reggaeton Latin artist named Jay Baldwin. Uh he just recently designed for Nike sneakers. He was doing an interview for ESPN about it. And he had on uh you remember the O five Fubu jerseys? Oh yeah. Yeah, he was, he was rocking one of those. And, you're, and you know how when we were in school, FUBU was top of the line.
0: FUBU was it. Bad boy. You know, Sean John, Like,
1: telling you back in the day, you ain't had no Sean Jean, man. But, uh... No, you, you, you were S.O.L. If you ain't had that, you would probably try to go to the stockyard. If you know you know about the stockyard, to right? try to get you some good stuff. Especially when Fabulous made so bad popular,
0: Yes. Yes. I'm trying to tell you. I it, it mean, we could go down memory lane all day when we talk about all the things that came out of the 9-9 and the 2000. But since you touched bases a little bit about you said um, there is an event that has not happened within the last two years due to COVID. Um, what do you how, what's, what's your opinion or how do you feel about the talks that's been going on around the world about these COVID-19 boosters?
1: Um, about the boosters, I feel that any talk to get everyone uh to be safe, I think that is good, but at the end of the day it is a decision that is your own because as we're seeing, some jobs aren't playing. They're right. saying get the get the jab or you get the pink slip. So right. at the end of the day you got they're pretty much doing the formal get down or lay down. The
0: formal way of getting down or laying down. But do you think that, you know, and the only reason I'm saying, do you think that it's going to have a more negative impact on our world and our economy? Because some people are still, you have females and males who are nurses that are deciding to quit their job because they don't want to feel like they have to take the um vaccine. And um, you have, you know... Uh, schools and other places. Actually, I think the New York State mandated that anyone who's in a healthcare profession must be vaccinated. And if you are not vaccinated, you would be out of a job. So my next question would be pretty much like, do you think that this is going to cause a big impact on our economy due to the fact of a lot of people wanting to uh, uh, be against taking the vaccine? And I see on... On our side here on the northeastern side of North Carolina in the Roanoke Valley, there are a lot of jobs looking for people and they are even paying, like, you know, sign-on bonuses for people to
1: come to work. Yeah, it's crazy, bro, but we're already been seeing, like, the impacts of it with folks saying, man, I'm going to stand on my convictions and sacrifice the paycheck because I strongly don't want to get this shot or be felt like being told what to do by someone over me. But as we know, once you go for a job, you have certain protocols that you got to abide by and adhere to the conditions of employment. But we, as a country, as Americans, we tend to look individualistically at what's good for me, instead of what's good for the whole saying, Me not getting this is not only affecting me, but it's affecting everyone around me. It could cause us to still be in this pandemic longer, whereas if we just said, hey, I know it's not my personal cup of tea to get it, but I got to look on the outside and say, if I think about my fellow brother, my fellow sister, my fellow child and say, hey, I got to do it for them so that we can, try to resume life as normal, but I think it's easier said than done. It's going to be a long way to go before we fully get back to where it was. Okay. All right. Well, look, this is what I want to do
0: before we actually go into our next. I got two other areas I'm going to talk about. We're going to take a quick break real quick, ladies and gentlemen. Do not, we got to pay our bills, pay some bills to some sponsors, but I assure you, ladies and gentlemen, we got a lot in store with Jay Mace. Hey, man, the content creator the on air personality the man of men doing his thing when that when we talk about this podcast arena because i'm trying to tell you ladies and gentlemen beyond the album cover is truly phenomenal but we're going to talk more about one we got one more time well actually two more topics we're gonna talk about we're gonna take a quick break don't go anywhere ladies and gentlemen keep it locked this well just don't go nowhere okay hold on this is the B-B
1: Radio.
0: My name is Keisha Gary, and I work for the Northampton County Health Department. I want to take a moment to remind you how important it is to schedule your regular mammogram. Talk to your doctor about your breast cancer risk and when to be screened. Best outcomes are achieved when cancer is caught early. This month, talk to your doctor or health care provider about your risk for breast cancer. For more information, contact the Northampton County Health Department at 534-5841 or contact a health care provider near you this is all right ladies and gentlemen we are back special shout out to our sponsors jay may talk to us man do you still listen to any of r kelly music and you said you haven't listened to a recent track since the documentary of uh surviving r kelly correct all right and Tell me a little bit more again why it, you know, what? What? what is the feelings that you have that's kind of causing you to be reluctant? Because I'm going to be honest, because I've still been mixing with the station, you know, i probably played probably about two or three of his songs since that has occurred.
1: Um, It's just the fact that, you know, when you listen to a record or hear a record or let's say you're in a party and a DJ plays it, It is good, but you just realize, oh, he did this. Oh, he did that. It just has like a negative stain, and that stain pretty much outweighs everything that he did prior to everything coming out, because it was things that we kind of heard rumors about, you know, folks who were within industry circles that kind of knew what was what. And it's just that, like I said, because of the documentary and social media, everybody's amplifying the voice saying we're not going to condone this behavior and the actions of this man that, you know, his time is up. Pretty much his time is up. Mm-hmm. Yep. His time is up. You know, it's sad to see him, uh, go to jail but when you do that type of crime you got you got to do that type of time and more than likely it's going to be pretty much a long time it's going to be in there for you know yeah because i i
0: he's going to be in there for a long time and but the thing is my 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 whole thing is he has other charges pending In other states that he also has to go to trial for as well. But another issue that caused people to pretty much talk a little bit about R. Kelly, um, Drake. Drake gave him credits in his recent album Certified Lover Boy in the single TSU.
1: Have you had a chance to listen to the track yet? Uh, yeah, I listened to um certified lover boy and I believe wasn't it uh, half on a baby dad uh Drake sample on a- TSU?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, how do you feel about that?
1: Mm, I feel, you know, that's Drake's choice or the producer whoever decided to uh sample that record and to clear it, you know, that's that's on them, but I think that ever since the release of Certified Lover that because of you know everything that was going on, I think Drake probably received some backlash from that. But once again, that's that's their choice to sample that record, and it's on them. I mean, if he's still getting uh, money from it, then put that toward his commissaries.
0: Yes, and put it on his put it on his books, cause uh, so he can be at a good little canteen. But that about all, man. But yeah, dad, dad in that prison for Pruno. Right, and it's just it was just surprising to the world that Drake would use a sample from R. Kelly considering the recent actions and the things that has came out concerning R. Kelly. But maybe Drake was being sentimental to the fact that he knew he would be spending the rest of his life in prison. So maybe he just wanted to make sure that maybe his, you know, he can have some food or some money on his books, or maybe his family can be able to receive benefits from uh, the royalties make that may come from them using the sample from R. Kelly.
1: Mm-hmm. But I know for sure he better have. He say, you saved me on the loop. <laughs> I
0: know that's right, but, um, and honestly, this is something that I'm going to share. And I believe, you know, you can't completely eliminate this idea. Now Mm -hmm. they say that R. Kelly is broke, but you know how I wouldn't be surprised if in fact that he is able to gain access to some type of studio while he's incarcerated and produce some more music
1: yeah. we had a bunch of artists that uh released albums while they were in the pen and the list goes on and on of those that uh, that did that so yeah, it is possible
0: right you know um, I remember um, Max B was able to release something uh, Gucci Man uh, recently um, Kodak Black was locked up dropped music while he was locked up um, let me see did uh, Sean do something while he was Chris I Ray? believe he did you know, so it's it's not new that artists could possibly drop music while they're incarcerated.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you can uh, make a a tattoo uh, thing out of a pen and any little thing that you got in prison, I'm sure you'll find a way to record. You could probably find a way to do a podcast while you while you're in the joint. I Man. mean, you got idle time on your hands.
0: Right, you're absolutely right, Jay Mays.
1: But um, anything to take your mind from uh dropping the soap, <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 yo, and pay a visit
0: from the health inspector. Now right. pick up the soap <laughs> straight up. You know, but um, other than that, um, only time will tell how things will go with the other trials that will be in the other states concerning all the matters and issues that Robert Kelly is involved with but kind of to switch off that um at this particular moment it is it is my moment to highlight you highlight beyond the album cover now i mean you are a man you a well-oiled machine when it comes to this podcast arena because how often i mean how many interviews do you often probably have on a good week
1: um, on a good week, I have maybe two or more. You know, it's been a little bit difficult, you know, juggling the day job and most most of the times doing interviews right after I get off work or on weekends. You just try to squeeze them in when you can with your schedule plus the schedule of the person that you're interviewing and then with the time difference. It's, it's a lot of factors that come into play, but I like to look at that as, always having something for the people and just kind of looking at artists like Prince and Tupac, Michael Jackson, how they just had so much content to where you could release stuff forever in a day. And I kind of look at what the podcast is. I just want to have steady, fresh content and just not be lazy. I understood Jay Mace. Um,
0: you know, I mean, what, like, what keeps you motivated? Because, I mean, the only reason I say that, is because how long ago now has it since you left being a personality or working with radio, like mainstream radio?
1: Um, Seven years. So seven once years. I moved to Mexico, uh, that's when I got out of broadcasting, seven years. And then, you know, dabbled in different professions, education, and... Now I'm in the human service sector, but podcast is just my way of still being able to show my passion, share my love, my knowledge with people, and it, it it makes me happy. Understood. Understood. Okay.
0: Um, and I'm gonna be honest, I can hear it all in your episodes that you are truly excited about what you do. Uh, With beyond the album cover and the guests that you have, but I'm gonna be honest, it is phenomenal how you have the ability to connect with people in all walks of life and not only, you know, just all across the globe and being able to be guests on your platform. Because if I'm not mistaken, we were talking um um a couple days ago or recently that you have an interview now with DJ Yellow from NWA.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that just recently just came out. And I was actually surprised that he agreed to come up to the podcast, you know, because I have no big machine behind me. I'm independent, you know, getting it out of the mud. And pretty much that's how most of these interviews has happened is through just either cold calling co-emailing, cold either the people directly or their media person that sets up their interviews. And then now I've been getting referrals by some people for interviews and having folks get sent my way. So it's just all been just one big blessing.
0: You know, And and ladies and gentlemen, please, if you have not had a chance to, please take your phone out right now. Okay, whether you are at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you know, was it Pocket uh, Radio, iHeart Radio. And you make sure that you search beyond the album cover and listen to Mr. J. Mace, a.k.a. J- Rail Mason, you know, do his thing. Because I'm telling you, this guy is phenomenal i mean and some of the people that you have had the liberty of interviewing it is just it's like i'm saying saying yo how in the world do you even get an opportunity to, to be able to establish these connections but you said um emailing and dry calling and things like that and just hoping that a person would follow up to say they're interested in actually doing the episode
1: yeah,
0: Cause pretty um, much.
1: Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was saying, pretty much that's how I all get boiled down to just cold calling, cold emailing, and wishing a prayer.
0: And a wishing a prayer. And,
1: you know, I saw you had <laughs> Law
0: on your um platform, too. Mm-hmm. Yo, like, it, and I'm saying, Mac, like, it is just tough. And some of the episodes that you have, um, you have so much or you connected with individuals where you have two part segments um, with certain individuals just so that way you can make sure that you are getting all of the aspect of the information that you wanted um, people to be aware of concerning um, these great artists and entertainers and content creators. Uh, but man, bro, it's a lot. It is a whole because overall, how many episodes do you have at this current time?
1: Um, I just recently did a count and it said, uh, 200,
0: 200 episodes in the course of how many years, three years, three years. Like, do y'all hear this ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to be honest with you, J Mace. You are a machine because I have now been active a whole entire year and I'm just getting on episode 46. So I will be releasing episode 47. Um, on this upcoming um, weekend, which actually will be on October the 9th. But I'm just saying, my saying, Lord, just keep me so I can know what episode 200 feels like. You feel me?
1: You still there? We still yeah, there? man. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it, I, I've been very, very, like shocked and amazed, you know, the. Get to 200 episodes because, you know, it just started out as a way for me to still, you know, share my love of music. It originally started out with me talking about albums and the significance of them. But once Google Voice and then later Zoom came into play, I was like, let me dust off the time machine hat and do interviews again. And April of 2020, I had my first interview, and over 10 years at that point, it was with uh, Sean Rivera from the group As Yet, and then that little snowball and ended up rolling to all the people, you know, th- that you see in, uh, here now. And the one person who I was surprised that wanted to do the podcast was uh, Kyle West. So if you're familiar with 90s R&B, And your album liner reader, Kyle West's name was on a lot of productions ranging from I'll Be Sure to Jodeci, Kevin Campbell. And he rarely gives interviews. So I was shocked that he reached out and said, "Okay, I want to do it.
0: Awesome, man. I mean, and I think it's because, you know, like you said, you're humble. And I think the spirit that God has given you has allowed people to um, feel the energy of the spirit of who you are when you come into trying to communicate with them. So things work out in decency and order because, you know, you're not you're not doing it for clout. You're not doing it for a whole lot of money. You're doing it off the strength of the fact that there is a story that has to be told. And even though you may be aware of the story prior to, just in case you don't know all the facts, I'm going to make sure you hear it from the horse's mouth.
1: Yeah, and that's the one thing I like to take pride in when I do my interviews, just being very prepared, very thorough, do my homework, because I always remember watching Donnie Simpson on Video Soul, and uh, speaking of which, is back on Tubi, uh, so be sure to go check out the Video Soul reboot. But just seeing how he was able to have a friendly conversation with whoever came to sat down on the couch, and how he knew his stuff in and out, and also uh, Questlove with Questlove Supreme and their podcast and what they're doing. So I look at those personalities as the benchmark for where I want to strive to be where, you know, you know your homework, you do your research. It's not no fluff interview. And you ask questions that people want to know and you do it in a way where it feels like it's conversational and it's not just another item I need to check off on my to-do list for that day.
0: Understood. Understood, man. It's Your podcast is genuine and real and I just you know, I pray God I'll give you another 200 episodes, my brother.
1: Man, I I, I, ho- I hope so too, man because I tell everybody, man you just got to have a dream and like, I don't have no fancy studio doing the interview. I'm like, uh, Tennis Howard at Hustle and Flow. Doing the interview in the bedroom, got the lamp set up, got the little styrofoam in the window, you know, like uh, you know, when you're trying to make your way and making beats on whatever equipment you could afford and see you could get something bigger, something better. It has that raw demo quality, like Maddie C the source unsigned height still. Awesome, awesome.
0: Well, you know, they say you don't need a lot to make big things happen. You just gotta have a big heart.
1: Yeah, a big heart and, you know, just just have a dream. And whatever you do, don't let nobody let go of your dream because your dream is yours and ain't for everybody. And like like we were touching on earlier about the losses of our classmates, it just hammers home the point of stop getting in your own way. Just do it. Whatever you want to do, just do it because tomorrow's not promised to us.
0: Absolutely correct, Jay Mace. Man, look, I'm not gonna hold you up, man. Matter of fact, um, uh, I just want you to know you have encouraged me, you know, to kind of dive more when I came home to be in the radio, and and you kind of just showed me the ropes on getting myself acclimated on, um, being in commercial radio, and and training me behind the scenes and learning the things I needed to know. So I am just blessed that you have been a part of my life because you has you have helped me be a, you know, tremendous help for people here in the Roanoke Valley when it comes to, you know, creating advertisement and being able to uh, make them aware that, guess what, if you want to be a personality and you want to create content, it's possible. Um, If you just listen to the things that I will be willing to share with you, you will be willing to grow with me as I continue to grow. But I'm just delighted that, you know, I can call you friend, I can call you brother because, you know, with things the way it is in this world now, you know, a lot of people are very selfish when it comes to trying to help you learn the knowledge in order for you to advance. Because um, I had someone say people are holding the keys and, um, you know, I'm just blessed that you are a person that you don't mind sharing the keys that opens doors to new opportunities with other individuals like myself and many other individuals that you've had the opportunity to connect with and and explore this journey through the field of communications with?
1: Yeah, because I look at it as, you know, don't block nobody's blessing, you know, because you don't know what's in store for them. You may be the key that holds, and I follow the philosophy of the great H. boogie, paid in full, everybody eats.
0: Yep, everybody eats B. If,
1: If I'm on, you getting put on
0: already i and i and i said i know that to be true because big shout out to you because you also made me aware of what i need to do in order to get my podcast platform on iheart radio and i listen to it on iheart sometimes when i'm in my office and i know it would not be possible if it was not for you being willing to share your information and knowledge to help me grow in this area and arena okay
1: yeah, I mean, that that's how it's supposed to be, because you know how it is in the area where we come from. You know, you go to somebody's house, somebody may be out of something, you knock on the door, you ask, hey, can I borrow this? Sure. Or, hey, I got to go over town somewhere. Can you watch so-and-so? Sure. It's all about community, all about helping one another. I still, to this day if somebody comes to the house, I offer them something to drink, something to eat.
0: Already. Look, man, you continue to be the great man. The guys call you the BJ Mace. But ladies and gentlemen, just in case Jay Mace, because you got to let them know, anybody want to know how to find you, where to uh, look you up and things like that, tell them your social media handles, any websites, anything like that, so they can know where to find Jay Mace.
1: Yes, sir. I appreciate you having me on. And uh, you can follow Beyond the Album Cover wherever you stream your podcast, on my YouTube channel, on Facebook. Same name. It's beyond the album cover. That's all together one word. And for any artists that want to come on the podcast, feel free to hit me up, and we'll go from there. And I look forward to hearing more of what you're doing, Twin. I like what you're doing. Keep it up. Keep it going. And you've been a good friend to me as well. And it's two, two five two forever, bro.
0: Already, ladies and gentlemen listening. Also, you get a chance to check out. The Twin Radio, wherever you listen to podcasts, just search uh, T-H-E-E-T-W-I-N Radio. And from there, you will be able to listen to any content that we have on our platform. I'm not at 200 episodes, but
1: I'm on my way. You're going to get there. You're (laughs) going to get there, But one more thing before I go, bro, I want to do a real long shout-out outro, like how they used to do back in the day on Posse Cuts. I want to shout-out Gaston. I want to shout-out 46. I want to shout-out 48. I want to shout out Hope Road. I want to shout out WB. I want to shout out Pleasant Hill. I want to shout out Hodgetown. I want to shout out Weldon. I want to shout out Scotland Neck. I want to shout out Rich Square. I want to shout out Ahoski, Bertie County, Hertford County, Northampton County, Halifax County, Warren County, Nash County, Wilson County, Green County, Pitt County, Ashcombe County, Wayne County. 252 336 910 919 704 and the 828, just NC in general. It's been all for you. And even though I'm in the 505 right now, it's 252 born, 252 bred. And when I die, I'll be 252 dead.
0: Hey, I know that's right, bro. Well, look, it's always a pleasure. And until next time, Jay Mace and everyone listening, y'all be safe. God bless.
1: Bet. Gone. Gone. This is, this is b 2 b